0: Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles today, Sunday, beautiful day here in Washington. We're so happy to have you with us. I'll start with an ode to the Divine Mother and see which one I open to, which is always appropriate if you've noticed. Okay, this one is called Christ's Vision. Lord Mother, in the thicket of my despair, you remove the prickly thorns of all my errors and show me I am ever your most innocent son. Let not my mind berate itself for countless mistakes I made but rather correct this one false thought of guilt that robs me of my peace and joy you endlessly bestow on me. Let even errors be the flowers now that bloom in the garden of forgiveness that enriches the face of Christ I am to look upon. In the shining faces of every child of God would I see creation's innocence and peace Gentleness abounds in a world of true perception in which all things are seen in the light in which they were created. Now would I allow my sight to be corrected by this light in which my real thoughts come forth to illuminate my mind. Let all the children of God be saved by Christ's vision. Let no mistake of misplaced belief in sin delay my homecoming any longer. Let not guilt block my way to the simple truth about myself, in which your love shines away all darkness in my life. Mother, you lead me past the nettles of doubt and shield me from the sharp stones. The ego heaves at me. In my defenselessness would you be the protection that dissolves all dangers. I surrender myself to the feet of your highest holy nature, which is my own as well. Be in my mind, O Mother of complete peace, and let me see the face of Christ in me. I look upon a self forgiven now, Saved from the sorrows of guilt, I look upon pure innocence that I am.
1: Oh, I like that, because we're working on guilt. <laughs>
0: yeah, in Christ's vision. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Okay, we're on number 17. <clears throat> How do God's teachers deal with magic thoughts? This is a crucial question both for teacher and pupil. If this issue is mishandled, the teacher of God has hurt himself and has also attacked his pupil. This strengthens fear and makes the magic seem quite real to both of them. How to deal with magic thus becomes a major lesson for the teacher of God to master. His first responsibility is not to attack it. If a magic thought arouses anger in any form, God's teacher can be sure that he is strengthening his own belief in sin and has condemned himself. He can be sure as well that he has asked for depression, pain, fear, and disaster to come to him. Well, that's pretty heavy. Um, If we've got anger coming up, then we're asking for depression, pain, and fear, and disaster to come, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, people think that anger gets them something, gets them to be heard, or... Gets them power or something, but and and you may feel powerful in the moment because it's quite an adrenaline pump. But then this is saying it's going to drain you, and then you're going to feel depressed. And you're going to have, pain, gonna fear have pain, fear, and disaster. Fear and disaster afterwards. That's pretty bad. So that's the result. The result. The for your payoff of maintaining your anger.
1: Let him remember. Then it is not this that he would teach, because it is not this that he would learn. There is, however, a temptation to respond to magic in a way that reinforces it. Nor is this always obvious. It can, in fact, be easily concealed beneath a wish to help. It is this double wish that makes the help of little value and must lead to undesired outcomes. Nor should it be forgotten that the outcome, that the results will always come to teacher and pupil alike. How many times has it been emphasized that you give but to yourself? And where could this be better shown than in the kinds of help the teacher of God gives to those who need his aid? Here is his gift most clearly given to him, for he will give only what he has chosen for himself. And in this gift is his judgment upon the Holy Son of God. I want to make sure I understand this one line. Double something or other here. In fact... If this double wish, what does that mean? It's this double wish that makes the help of little value. Temptation
0: to respond to magic in a way that reinforces it. And you are not always aware that we're doing it.
1: But how is this a double wish? You're... Well,
0: because we want to help them, but we also want to maintain our own magic thoughts, which doesn't dissolve theirs, and therefore it's a mixed message. Oh, okay. It's like we say we want to help, but then we let our own fears and our own um, you know, interpretations and judgments of the situation get in. And then the help isn't real help because we're, we're as tied up as they are. Yeah. Something like that.
1: It is easiest to let error be corrected where it is most apparent and errors can be recognized by their results. A lesson truly taught can lead to nothing but release for teacher and pupil who have shared it in one intent. Attack can enter only if perception of separate goals has entered. And this must indeed have been the case if the result is anything but joy. The single aim of the teacher turns the divided goal of the pupil into one direction with the call for help, becoming his own appeal. This then is easily responded to with just one answer, and this answer will enter the teacher's mind unfailingly. From here, there, it shines into his pupil's mind, making it one with his. Um, The answer is...
0: Take Take it one line at a time.
1: It's easy to let error be corrected where it must be, where it is most apparent, and errors can be recognized by their results.
0: Okay, well the error needs to be corrected in the mind of the person that's getting the bad results, or the teacher needs to correct their own mind if they're getting bad results. Yeah. Okay, what's the next one? A
1: lesson truly taught can lead to nothing but release for the teacher and the pupil who have shared in Okay,
0: well, when you get down to the thoughts of what's producing the bad result and you undo that, you forgive it, you change, change whatever that thought was, then you're correcting the, the situation, both teacher and student. What's
1: next? Attack can enter only if perception of separate goals has entered.
0: Okay. Well, then the goal of the teacher is to liberate the student from their misperceptions, and it's also his own goal for himself. So if there's a misperception on the table and the teacher sees it and can correct it and give that correction to the student, then both of them are are corrected. Mm -hmm. Both are lifted up.
1: The single aim of the teacher turns the divided goal of the pupil into one direction with the call for help being his own one appeal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This then is easily responded to with just one answer. And this answer will enter the teacher's mind unfailingly.
0: Okay, so I mean we're (laughs) confronted with all kinds of people that have all kinds of problems and we have to respond to them in such a way that it dissolves the problems. And that's what a teacher of God does, you know. So, and also the teacher of God does that on himself, so he's problem free.
1: Perhaps it will be helpful to remember that no one can be angry at a fact. It is always interpretation that gives rise to negative emotions, regardless of their seeming justification by what appears as facts, regardless of the intensity of the anger that is aroused. It may be merely slight irritation, perhaps too mild to even be easily recognized, or it might also take the form of intense rage accompanied by thoughts of violence, fantasized, or apparently acted out. It does not matter. All of these reactions are the same. They obscure the truth, and this can never be a matter of degree. Either truth is apparent or it is not. It cannot be partially recognized. Who is unaware of truth must look upon illusions. So it's just saying a slight irritation is just as bad as something worse, right?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think that those things happen in certain domains of our being you know it's like irritation can ho- only happen at the ego level so if if you're transcending the ego level and you're connected with your source there's n- nothing that can irritate you because you see oh well whatever that thing is is that's potentially irritating is down at the ego level anyway so it's not it's not like Deserving of my upset, you know. Mm. Uh, I would have to come down to that level in order to be upset. In other words, so why would I leave the divine connection in order to have an upset?
1: Yeah, anger. Anger in response to perceived magic thought is a basic cause of fear. Consider what this reaction means, and its centrality in the world's thought system becomes apparent. A magic thought, by its mere presence, acknowledges a separation from God.
0: Now, what, did, did they define what the magic thought is?
1: Yeah, back here, we, we, we went into magic thoughts. Um, hmm. Magic thought is any thought that's not of God, right? Eagle thought?
0: Well, yeah, I guess you could say that. Um... There there are clearer definitions of magic thoughts in the text, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'll we'll have to look them up. Um, but here's a form of magic thoughts, talking about magic thought. What's that? All belief in magic is maintained by just one simple-minded illusion that it works. So it's like magic thought would be some thought we have that's our will separate from God's will. Mm. And then we think it's going to work all through their training every day and every hour and every minute and every second. God's teachers learn to recognize the forms of magic and perceive their meaninglessness. Fear is withdrawn from them And so they go, and thus the gate of heaven is reopened and its light can shine again on an untroubled mind. Well, I mean, I would say any thought you perceive as a problem Mm. in your mind would have to have some relationship with a magic thought. Because it's it's a thought... uh, disconnected from your divine source.
1: Yes, as there are times his certainty will waver, and the instant this occurs, he will return to early attempts to place reliance on himself. Forget not, this is magic.
0: Okay, so magic is when you're relying on yourself without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That would be a magic Mm -hmm. thought.
1: A magic thought by its mere presence acknowledges a separation from God.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So all thoughts created from the separation, right? Yeah. It states in the clearest form possible that the mind which believes it has a separate will that can oppose the will of God also believes it can succeed. That this is hardly that this can hardly be a fact is obvious, yet this it can be believed as fact is equally obvious. And herein lies the birthplace <laughs> of the guilt who usurps the place of God and takes it for himself now has a deadly enemy. This well, that, pretty that, intense.
0: That gets back to when you were discovering this week that guilt goes all the way back to your original separation yes. when you took a body. Mm. And not that you were guilty for taking a body, but it, it gave you... Uh, demonstrable thing to feel separate like i'm in a body it's a separate body than the mountain it's a separate body than another human it's a separate body from the rocks you know so this thing about taking a body it it's like you're you're uh, putting your being in in a separate entity in a thing called a body mm-hmm. all right and it has it has an edge it has an ending it has a, a you know all, all that it 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 has a separation from other entities you know like my body is not the air i mean now on the divine level it's it's all one substance but in the ego level, it's a separate entity. And that separation of physicality gave us cause to, almost like a metaphor, then separate our minds from our divine self and our divine source. You see what I mean? I know. Was, you know, and then and then we felt guilty about that. Now, this didn't take place overnight because... Tarji gave this lecture once that was wonderful. He said, you know, man w- w- was created, you know, in, in the light, and, and hum- humankind was like light beings for eons, and then they, they only had joy, they only had uh, ecstatic union with the divine." And then they took bodies because they they witnessed the beauty of creation and the earth and the trees and everything. It was so beautiful, they wanted to participate. So then they took bodies, they incarnated, but they were still very aware they were life beings Mm. for long periods of time. You know, long, long they were like gods, you know, uh, uh, walking the earth. And, and indeed they were. But then, gradually, gradually, as they identified more with the body, they became denser, denser, denser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this, this separation began to occur. So then they identified more with the body than with their spiritual connection. And this took eons of time to happen. So the separation didn't just happen overnight. Yeah. Okay. Like it happened over a long period of time. And then the guilt started coming in.
1: This line is pretty intense. Who usurps the place of God and takes it for himself now has a deadly enemy.
0: Well, yeah, what that means is we think we made ourselves. We think we created ourselves.
1: Then who's our enemy?
0: God, the creator. Because now we're in competition with God. If we think we made ourselves and we forgot the fact that God created us, we're going to be in competition with the the thing that created us because we think we created ourselves.
1: That's pretty heavy. Yeah. And he must stand alone in his protection and make himself a shield to keep him safe from fury that can never be abated and vengeance that can never be satisfied. How can this unfair battle be resolved? Its ending is inevitable for its outcome must be death. Wow. The way to get through this is to die then. How then can one believe in one's defenses? Magic again must help. Forget the battle, accept it as a fact, and then forget it. Do not remember the impossible odds against you. Do not remember the immensity of the enemy, and do not think about your frailty in comparison. Accept your separation, but do not remember how it came about. So that's what this ego tells you to do, is forget all this. Forget that you did this, right?
0: yeah it doesn't want to deal with the separation
1: believe that you have won it, but do not retain the slightest memory of who your great opponent really is. Projecting your forgetting onto him it seems to you he has forgotten well that paragraph is really intense <laughs>
0: yeah well the way I'll, we resolve, I'll first the way we I'll,
1: resolve the battle is by um you know dying and forgetting that we did this right
0: yeah we we forget that we separated and then we project that forgetting onto our Creator, and we forget God altogether.
1: But what will now be your reaction to all the magic thoughts? They can but reawaken sleeping guilt, which you have hidden but have not let go. Each one says clearly to your frightened mind, you have usurped the place of God, think not he has forgotten. Here we have the fear of God most starkly represented for in that thought, his guilt already raised madness to the throne of God Himself, and now there is no hope except to kill. Here is salvation now. An angry father—wait, this is really intense. An angry father pursues his guilty son: kill or be killed. For here alone is choice. Beyond this, there is none. For what has, what was done, cannot be done without the, the stain of blood can never be removed, and anyone who bears this stain on. He yeah, must meet his death. Well, wow, that's one of the heavier paragraphs.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, we see a vengeful God, or we project our own vengeance onto God, and then we think, well, you know, I'm going to be punished for being guilty, and and then that makes us more separate from the source because
1: we fear God.
0: Right. Exactly. Mm. And then and then we become like that. We are vengeful ourselves. We become what we think God is. Now, God isn't really what we think he is, but we think he's vengeful. We think we're separate. We think uh, death is real, death is inevitable. It's all a vengeance, Mm. and it's all magic thoughts.
1: Into this hopeless situation, God sends his teachers. They bring the light of hope from God himself. There is a way in which escape is possible. It can be learned and taught, but it requires patience and abundant willingness. Given that the lessons manifest simplicity, uh, given that the lessons manifest simplicity stands out like an intense white light against the black horizon for such it is. If anger comes from an interpretation and not a fact, it is never justified. There's that line, anger is never justified. Once this is even dimly grasped, the way is open. Now it is possible to take the next step. The interpretation can be changed at least. Magic thoughts need not lead to condemnation, for they do not really have the power to give rise to guilt, and so they can be overlooked and forgotten in the truest sense. Madness, but seems terrible. In truth, it has no power to make anything. Like the magic which becomes its servant, it neither attacks nor pro- protects. To see it and to recognize its thought system is to look on nothing. Can nothing give rise to anger? Hardly so. Remember, then, teacher of God, that anger recognizes a reality that's not even there. Yet the anger, yet is the anger certain witness that you do believe it is a fact.
0: Yeah, so you're never upset for the reason you think. You're upset because you th- what you think is there is not there. Yeah. I'm upset because I see something that is not there. Mm-hmm.
1: Now is escape impossible until you see you have responded to your own interpretation which you have projected onto the outside world. Let this grim sword be taken from you now. There is no death. This sword does not exist. The fear of God is causeless, but His love is cause of everything beyond all fear, and thus forever real and always true. Wow, that's really an intense section.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like this um, this whole death thing. You know, is uh, we're going to have to deal with it because, you know, I just got a call the other day that this friend of mine that i had been corresponding with in prison. Uh, and he finally got out. We had a number of years of correspondence, and he never uh, overcame a lot of inner turmoil, a lot of inner conflict, and he also had a drinking problem. And he died, you know, a couple weeks ago, of I think alcohol related illnesses. And um, so I mean, it's sad, but it it's like, well, okay. We, we live in these minds that are in conflict with themselves and then whatever consequences comes with that and then we leave our body, all right? But we're still, we're still who we are and we still have to uh, come to grips with the truth of who we are. So, I mean, he'll get another chance, of course, but he's still going to have to work all that stuff out. You know. know. In another incarnation.
1: Yeah, that's what people don't realize. They think death is a solution.
0: And um, so, like, don't waste any more time. It's like enlightenment is now and heaven is here. And we have to undo whatever it is that's preventing us from seeing the heaven. And if it's, if it's grievances towards others, or if it's, oh, you hate your mom, or you can't stand your dad, or whatever, or your sister's thrown you out of the house, you, you've, you've got to deal with that. You've got to come to peace, and you've got to uh, rise above it and forgive everyone and everything, and most of all yourself, and come to some kind of peace.
1: I think what this particular section was saying is that people, uh, magic thoughts, um, make you angry. Yeah. And then you start attacking and then you get more guilt and more pain and more suffering and then you want to die.
0: And then you get more separation Mm -hmm. and then you want to die. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I think exactly. I Mm -hmm. think that's what happened to this friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He could not get outside of the conundrums of his own thinking. and. Uh, it destroyed him in the end. Okay, and maybe, you know, for for him at this point, death was a release Mm. from his misery. All right, you guys, we'll see you later today at 1 o'clock.